take out your bulletin uh, and look at it with me for a minute. If you don't have one uh, or if you don't have uh, inside the bulletin is a, is a response card. If you don't have one of those, when you came in this morning, if you didn't get a bulletin, uh, our ushers have them, and they're coming now. If you need one, they'll pass you twice. Would you just wave and, and say, yep, yeah, would you please hand me one of those? And uh, I'll explain to you uh, what this is. Uh, if you're a, a, a guest today at Kingwood Church, we want to offer you a great big welcome. And on the card, there's a spot at the top that just says, I'm new to Kingwood. And if you just let us know that today, at the end of the service, our ushers are going to be at the back door, and you can just drop that card off on your way out. Uh, they'll have an easy way for you to drop it off there as you go through the door. And just let us know that you were new. Also, um, if you make a decision today about your relationship with God, we'd love to know that. And on the back, there's a place uh, for you to give us prayer requests. We've been praying over these every week and seeing God answer in unique and powerful ways. And so if there's something that you say, man, I would like the intercessors, the intercessor prayer team at Kingwood to pray for me. Uh, you can just put that need there and we'll be praying for you. Um, so that's what the response card is. We'll talk a little bit more about it at the very end of the service. We'd love to hear about what God is doing in your life. If you'd look inside the bulletin, if you have one there with you, I did want to just highlight a couple things. First, tonight is soak. Uh, and I want to I ask you to make a special effort. Once a month, we have a service called soak. 5.30, usually somewhere around 7.00. It is a prayer and worship service. And I'm just telling you, God has put on my heart uh, um, what he wants to do tonight. I understand what he wants to do. Tonight is going to be a night of refreshing and joy and strength and encounter with God. I, I just don't want you to, to miss that moment, uh, that special time where we pray, we seek God, we worship together. It's going to be a powerful time, so I want to ask you to join us and then in two weeks, we're starting a brand new series on the book of James. Uh, sometimes in the summer, we do a summer study called, uh, or, or just over a book. We're calling this All In. So I want to ask you to go all in with us this summer. Uh, I'm going to send you an email this week. And in the email, if I have your information, I'm going to send you an email. And it's going to give you a lot of resources that you can use. We've got some background information on the book, some of my notes that I've written you can look at. We've got a reading schedule. If you want to read the book of James along with us for the summer, we'll have our summer worship list up. So if you want to be worshiping the same songs that are to be singing on Sunday morning, you can stream them live. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you just go all in. Get as deep in the book of James as you can get with us this summer. Uh, and I know the same God that spoke to the first people who read that book are going to speak to you and I as we read it. So this morning, uh, now I'm so honored... Uh, as we, as we kind of wrap up this My Story series today, that we've got Pastor Manuel and Doris with us, uh, we've said to you, uh, our testimony is a unique, or, or our life is a unique translation of Scripture. And so this morning, Pastor Manuel and Doris are here, and they're going to share their story with you. So I want you to give them a great big welcome as they come today. So we're just going to sit, and um, they're going to tell you about how they came to know Christ. So, Pastor uh, Manuel. Okay. Um, I'm going to start the story in the um, embarrassing part. When she was 18, 
and I was 30. Um, I convinced her to leave, leave her home, to come and live with me. Um, I wasn't Christian. I don't care. I, I didn't care. And uh, it's, not, it's not really something that I feel proud that we did that. And obviously, in the beginning, it looked like things um, didn't look uh, start in the right way. But that's the thing that we start together. Um, well, um, my parents are originally from Mexico, but we were born and raised in California. Um, I was there, I grew up in California to the age of 12. I had a great childhood. I mean, I can say I had a great childhood. Mommy and Daddy, we felt their love. I mean, we had loving parents. Um, I had a sister that she's always been my best friend. I mean, it, it was good. I mean, we weren't rich, but um, we were okay. We were financially okay. So my childhood was great till the age of 12. Um, during that time, during my childhood, mom, we were Catholic. Mom, mom accepted the Lord when I was around seven. Dad was still Catholic, so we were going to two churches at the same time. My sister and I would go to two churches to the age we decided that which church we wanted to go to. And Mom's church, even though it was different from what we knew, it was kind of weird, um, it just felt right. It felt right. It just made more sense. And that's where we really met God, so we decided to be a Christian. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in Mexico City. Uh, I was living there for a long time. Later, I, I moved to live in Guadalajara. I, I grew up in Catholicism, but very, very soon I departed from there. Uh, you know, the Bible says that God gave us or gave us everybody a measure of faith. Uh, and everybody has faith. The problem is where we put our faith. Yes, um, we, we need to, f to, f to trust in something, uh, something that is our security. Then um, on that time, when I was a, a teenager, I was reading a, a cartoon, a Mexican superhero that was, ex <laughs> uh, it was, it, he looks like an Arab, a Muslim, but he, he, he's from Mexico. <laughs> uh, uh, in these car cartoons, in these uh, magazines, uh, we're exalting uh, reincarnation, karma, uh, the occult. And in that moment, I didn't realize, but, realize it, but it was my door, the, the path to go into the occult, witchcraft, uh, new age, things like that. And I put my faith on that. Um, my main thought, it was... I want to know the great truth with, with capital, capital letters, the big, great truth. And I thought that it was hidden somewhere, and I had to search for it. Uh, the, and I didn't realize that really God was very close to me, very, very close, and, and I couldn't see it. Uh, I read a lot of books. I was in different groups, in different streams, beliefs, but my life, instead to improve, was uh, doing worse and worse. Uh, a lot of people came to me 
during a lot of years, trying to invite me, to show me the love of Christ. But always, always I reject them because I thought that they didn't know what I was looking for. And I, and I thought that the truth was not there. During my early teenage years, I was around 12, my world started to change from having a great childhood, living in the States, living okay, um, we went to live to Mexico. For my sister and I, my, I, I said my sister and I, I do have a younger brother, but he was a lot younger. Um, of course, we didn't want to move. I mean, it was a big different change. We had been to Mexico and life there was very different. So we, daddy decided we were gonna live to Mexico. We were gonna start a new, he was gonna start a new business. So that there was very hard for us. Being a teenager, you don't want to leave your friends, leaving the few family members we had over here. It, it, was, it was hard. And not only that happened during that time, um, my mom and dad got divorced. That was hard, that was very, very hard. So my world as a teenager started crumbling down. Um, they divorced because daddy had found someone else. So it was very hard. I always felt like I was daddy's little girl. And he stayed in the States, my mom, and my siblings and I were in Mexico. So that was very hard and challenging. Um, my sister got married very young, so she left too. <laughs> so it, it, it was all happening at the same time. Mom was grieving. I mean, she was in pain now that I'm in, as an adult. I'm a mom. I know what she was going through. And it, it did affect me terribly. Um, not only that, during that time, I, you know, I, I kept going to church. My mom kept going to church in the middle of it all, even though back at that time my mom wasn't fully um, in Christ. She was in a lot of pain, but I kept going. I kept going, kept going. The church was a refuge for me. I was very close to a pastor. I had made great friends, and that right there kept me going. As a teenager, living with all of that, I, there was a lot of fear, anger, rejection I was feeling at that time from being in a loving home, all these other feelings I had never felt before of being in a stable home, everything just changed. So all that fear, anger, rejection started working. But you know, as I told you, the, the church kept me going until one day there started problems in the church too. And the church, there was a big division as well. So that thing that was my security, my 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 home, my everything, it was like, I mean, what am I going to do now? It was my family. And then suddenly they, they were divided, so I had to pick sides. So after that, my life, my enthusiasm of going to church, of searching for God was not there anymore. So all that happened, and around that time, I met Manuel. Um, I, I have been married. Uh, I, I was married for the first time long time ago, and in my search for the big truth, uh, I was doing wrong things, and in that point, I was separated from my wife, because even I was looking for my soulmate, the, my, my uh, really true love, and it was when I, I met her, I, I was working in, in graphic design and uh, photography. Oh, when, I, when I met Manuel, 
I mean, he had his own business. He was a graphic designer. He was a photographer. And the first day I met him was the day he took a, pic he took a session of pictures of me. That's the picture he took. That I, he met, I met him that day, and he took that picture of me. So I, I was... That was, was the first day that I met her. Yes. And it, was, it was not love. It was not love at first sight. I was saying. It was <laughs> no. not love at first sight. Um, but that's the first time I met him when he went and took the pictures. I mean, it all started from there. We, um, I started working for them, for their business. And from there, it grew being a friendship. And two years later, I, was, I, I went to live with him. Now that, when I went to live with him, um, that brought more division in my house because, of course, I was 18, he was 30. Mom was not happy. Dad wasn't either, but he was away. Um, but Mom, she was very, very hurt. She said, you know what? I don't want you ever to come back home. And I was so in love. I thought I knew what I wanted. I, I left home. I didn't care what she thought. Now, being a mother, almost a 17-year-old, I'm like, wow. Like, I was really, really young, and I understand what mom was going through. So that brought more separation. I went to live with him, and of course, I stopped going to church. I stopped going to church. For three straight, three straight years, I didn't go to church. Um, of course, mom was just mad at the time. I, I kept seeing my mom. She wouldn't see Manuel because she didn't like him. Um, but um, mom, the relationship with mom and my sister and my family was um, still okay. It was just not with him. And, and you were not pregnant. Oh, and I was not pregnant. A lot of people thought I was pregnant, and probably that's why I had gone to live with him, but, but yeah, it our, wasn't. Our first daughter was born when we were having together almost two years. Yes. Yeah. So... Then, uh, then uh, the things with my family-in-law were a little bit better, a little, little bit better, that um, they invited us to come here. Uh, she came here first, then I came here later. That happened 16 years ago. Uh, in that time, uh, it was so difficult for me, very, very difficult. I felt like I landed in, a, in another planet. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't speak the language, I couldn't read anything, I couldn't even watch TV. I, I didn't understand, I understood nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> and I had, uh, and from my uh, photography job and the graphic design, come and work in drywall and work for long, long hours in something that I could, I, I didn't dominate. It was so, it was shake my world. He said it was hard for him not speaking the language. He always told me I had it easier because I understood English. And I'm like, hey, it wasn't easy for me, too. I grew up in California. I come to Alabama. It was like a new language, a new, a new culture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the, the y'all and holler and I'm fixing to do this and eating shrimp and, I'm like, shrimp and grits with sweet tea. I mean, that was all new for me, too. Sorry, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, uh, because she came here uh, three or four months before I came here, she started attending the church. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I started going to church again here. My mom and sister were going to Hispanic church, and they invited me, and I'm like, well, yeah, why not? So I started going, but still inside of me, I still felt that I was in sin, that I wasn't worthy of going to church. 
I would go and just feeling that guilt inside of me. But I kept going. I kept going. When, when I came here, uh, she told me that she was attending a Christian church. Uh, I told her, uh, I will go occasionally. Uh, don't push me, please. Uh, if I'm going to go, if I want to go. Then uh, I started attending the church. Uh, I like it. I like, I like it, the environment. We, we made a lot of friends. Um, but 90% of the teachings, I was not agree with that. I was uh, keeping my own ideas. Uh, I told you the New Age stuff. Um, okay, I will. <laughs> but in, in, that, in that part, um, the church uh, sometimes came here uh, to visit the, the English-speaking church. Then, when I, in my probably second week here in the States, we came here, uh, and I remember that I understood nothing. Nothing, nothing. I mean, we, we came here to Kingwood to visit one time, and the first time Manuel had an experience with the Holy Spirit was in this church. But, but this is the thing, because I didn't know the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what was that. Uh, and I didn't understand the language. I remember that we were sitting somewhere there. And during the, the praise and worship, I was feeling, a, in, my, in my new age language, it was a kind of energy. That's my explanation. I can feel a huge energy in the environment, in the, in the atmosphere. Even, even I was feeling chills. Uh, I wanted to cry. And I didn't understand. And I told her, I, I don't know what, is, what they are teaching here, but I think that there is a great, great energy here. And I like it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, oh, uh, there are several things that were God was working in me uh, really really my heart was very very hard uh, and, but there are three things that I would like to, to share mainly that were softening my heart uh, uh, three things the power of the personal testimony is so important what we are showing to everybody, what we are doing in our everyday life, uh, the power of grace and the power of Jesus Christ to set the captives free, like me. In, in the case of the, the testimony, when I came here, I started working in a, in a drywall company. I was working almost 10 years there. And most of those years, my co-worker was uh, a guy whose name is Jesus Medrano, uh, he, his, his testimony every day was very, very important. Mm. To see him, that he was living what he believed. To see him, uh, in that time, I was saying his, his uh, morality, I was thinking on that, on that time, that he, he has a great, a great guy. Uh, all the questions that I had about the Bible, about, the, about Christ, he answered all the questions that I had. Uh, he prayed for my family, he prayed for me, and never pushed me. But I, I saw him, his, his, 
every day, every month, every year for seven, eight years to show him that he was always the same. According with the Christianity life, he was a really mature, he's a mature Christian. And for me, it was very, very important uh, to see what um, Pastor Cox a lot of times uh, say, say, uh, he said here, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. And really, your testimony is very important. Another thing is about uh, grace. Uh, when we decided to move uh, to this church, uh, I don't remember in my first months here, still I understood a little bit of English, but I remember very well how Pastor Cox read uh, Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he said, no matter what you did yesterday, uh, it doesn't matter what you did two, two hours ago or ten years ago, God loves you and he is able to forgive you. Those words, I remember that very vividly because those words struck my mind, hit my mind, my heart, my spirit, because in, I, I, I was growing in a family where, especially my dad, everything that we made a, a mistake, they pointed to the mistakes and you have to suffer the consequence of your mistakes. And it was that kind, I know that he was trying to do it in a good way, but it was that kind of discipline through guilt, to f make you feel guilt. And then to hear that, that thing, it was so easy, like God is going to forgive me my sins, that's it. <laughs> like, like, I cannot believe it, how, how God can forgive me just like that if I cannot forgive me myself. I know what I did. I know, I know that I am guilty. I remember that in, on that time I was um, carrying with me a lot of uh, rejection. I was not feeling accepted or loved. Um, but I remember the Pastor Cox said that's the power of grace, the power of love, of God's love. And that day I really felt like God was pouring, pouring his grace in my spirit, but because I was very hard, I didn't accept the Lord that day. Um, as I said, I, I had started going to church again, and, but still feeling that guilt inside of me. Um, Anuela and I got married. We got married here. We weren't married for several years, but we got married here. We were trying to do things right. Kept going to church, and one, t one day I had to talk to my pastor, and I, I told him how I felt. And it was basically the same thing. This was a little bit after what he had mentioned, but it was basically that God loves you. He forgives you, but you have to learn to accept God's love and his forgiveness, and, and you have to learn to forgive yourself. So that day, I remember I just laid it all to God, and I asked for God's forgiveness. Um, all that rejection, anger that I had, I had to let it go that day. Um, I, had to, I had to forgive my dad. I forgave his wife. It had been several years, close to almost 10 years, that my dad had remarried, and I had never, ever met his wife, ever. And I didn't want to. But that day, it was like, you just have to let go. You have to, you have to be set free. And, and I did. And what we did, my sister and I, it was hard for her, too. We took a trip to California to visit my dad. 
And for the first time, we met her. And all those years of anger and rejection that I had had and felt were just washed away. You know, the power of forgiveness is a strong, strong thing. You know, you have to learn to forgive yourself and forgive others. You know, now Dad, Dad and I and his wife, we get along well. He comes and visits. She comes. We talk. And it's just everything started being new for us since that time on. And God was working in his life. So we were seeing God's love and mercy point on something that didn't start well. And it was doomed to fail. And a lot of people thought we were not going to make it. You know, we were different beliefs. He was divorced. I was very young, and people thought we were not going to make it. But God's love and mercy came and started working in our lives at that time, at the same time. Uh, you know, God was working little by little in us, in our different situations. Uh, as I, I told you, that what my, my partner was doing, living every day, was very, very powerful. What Pastor Cox said that day about grace, and finally I could uh, experience firsthand the power of deliverance from, from Jesus Christ. Uh, when I just came to the States, uh, we went to the Christian uh, bookstore, and I saw a, a, a book that I liked the title, The Bondage Breaker. Uh, I tried to read it on that time, but everything that it was in the book, it was against what I, against what, with, with my beliefs. Then I decided to put it in the shelf and leave it. But years later, uh, I decided to, to took it, to give it, give it a chance, uh, even if I know I was not in agreement with it. Then uh, for several days, I was waking up at 4.30 in the morning to have breakfast and read the book. And in some point, I remember that one day I was feeling so nervous, so bad, even like dizzy, like uh, voices in my, in my head that don't keep reading that. But over those voices, there was one voice or like a, it's a voice, a thought, but it's weird because I was feeling like Jesus was with me there. It was in my mind. But it was feeling like he was there, and that boy was so calm, very, very soft, very peaceful, and was telling me, I am the truth. I am the truth that you're looking for. Uh, and this, this scripture came to my mind, uh, John 4, 16, 14, 6, 14, 6. Uh, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one came to the Father except through me. And, and that boy was, voice was telling me, and I am the king, the king of all. Mm. Uh, I remember that I, I was uh, talking with the voice, and, and he was saying, believe me, believe me, I want that one that you were looking for. Accept me as your Lord. And I started arguing with him, saying, and what about if you're not really the truth? What about if you're not the Lord? Now that I am saying this, it sounds weird, but in that, in that moment, it makes sense. Uh, I was telling him, what about if I uh, uh, chose to believe you and, and, and you turn out to be just one of those great prophets or enlightened men 
but just a man. What about if I, I take you and I am wrong with you? Uh, when I was in this conversation, conversation, two things came to my mind. The cartoon, the magazine that I told you, that, that Mexican guy that looked like a Muslim. And, and another thing, this song from the, the, the group Queen, the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I don't know what that thing come to my mind, but in that moment, I realized that that cartoon, that superhero, uh, brought me into the occult. And from the Bohemian Rhapsody song, there was one part that I didn't understand the whole song. Uh, and it was very popular when I was in middle school in Mexico. And I remember how in Mexico somebody had the, those old LPs, uh, albums, and I remember that just one phrase from the whole song. The phrase was, Belzebub has a devil put aside for me. In that song, it speaks about a guy who killed somebody else and, and is trying to suicide. And I remember that it was the only phrase that I understood and I could say in English. And for several years, every time that I, I heard that song, I repeated that, that phrase. And in that moment, uh, several years uh, passed uh, that before, be, uh, before I, I, I heard the song. I, for several years, I didn't hear the song. And that came into my mind in that moment and, and came with the revelation that I was claiming a devil for my life, that the Lord showed me that I have to be free of that. Then uh, I, I realized that Jesus was still in the truth. Uh, I realized how my beliefs really pushed my life for worst, how my, I was destroying my, my life in that moment. Uh, I had a lot of problems with Doris, a lot, a lot of pro problems. Uh, and I realized that the mark of the devil is destruction. Destruction. And the worst part is when the devil convinces us to destroy ourselves. He convinced us. And I was doing that. Finally, I told Jesus, okay, I accept that you're the king. I accept that you're the truth. I accept that you're the, my Lord. And I accept you as my savior. Huh. And that day, at 4.30 in the morning, when I was 38, I accept the Lord. Jesus said, my, my Lord. And... What happened that moment is weird. I had a very strong feeling to throw up. And I had to run to the sink, and I tried to spit, tried to throw up. Uh, my, my throat was hurting, and nothing came out. I was for a while there, spitting, spitting, coughing, uh, until finally I felt like something came out. And it was not a breakfast, nothing. It was not, it was not a breakfast. <laughs> but I finally I felt like a, a very heavy weight came out for me. And, and, and oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And I was filled with great, great joy and peace and in that moment, I felt the assurance that 
Christ loves me. And Christ loves everybody. And, and fire came into my, in my bones that is still there. <laughs> I, I, for real, I, I feel fire. I feel like, like I went into a pool full of love. All the rejection, the, uh, that bad feelings that I had disappeared. Um, from that day to, until now, uh, I, I have huge love for God. He'll fire for love. And that day, I was convinced that I found the truth. Mm. And Jesus Christ is the truth. He really is the truth. And I found freedom in him. I clearly remember um, when I started going to church, um, I told Manuel, you know what, I started going to church, and he said, it's okay, that's how I met you, but just don't ask me to go with you. <laughs> and as you guys know, last month he got ordained, and I am very, very proud of him. I am very, very proud of him. He's come a long way. I've come a long way. But you know what? We have not done this together. I mean, we've been here at Kingwood for almost 12 years. And the love, um, the, fa the, the, the love that we've felt here. I mean, it's been our family. It's been our refuge. We have not done everything right. We've made d bad decisions. And you know what? The church, when I say the church, I mean the people here. We've made great people have helped us through. They haven't judged us, but they've encouraged us to keep going, keep moving. And I really do not know where we would be if we wouldn't have this support that we have here, the love we have found. You know, I'm telling you guys, if you just come to church and leave, you will never experience the full extension love of God that he has for you because God created you to be in relationship not only with him but with his people. Yeah. So that that has been that's been something huge that we have lived here. I think. Um, and that is our family now. <laughs> they took it off. Yeah. And just God is good. God is good. And and really if you have been believing in false things, have you been doubting if Jesus is the truth? I, told, I can tell you, Jesus, Jesus can change your life forever, forever and ever. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Manuel, how long from the time you were searching for the truth, how long until you had that meeting with Jesus at 4.30 in the morning. How many years? Probably 11, 12. 11 or 12 years that Manuel was searching for the truth. And, and Doris, uh, can you remember from the time of your parents' divorce until the time that you began to follow Jesus? I mean, you, you had seasons where you were in and out, but... How long was that? I think it was around the same time. Around um, 11 years. Yes. Probably 10 years. 10 Probably years. 10 years. Yes. Uh, I was just thinking when I was listening to you guys how patient God is. 
and how much love he gives to us. And so I want to ask the uh, worship team if you'd come. And You know, maybe you're here this morning and, um, you know, there's some people here that are at the beginning of their story. Like we hear Pastor Manuel and Doris these years later. But we didn't get the opportunity maybe to sit down and talk with you in the middle or at the beginning or, you know, we, we see clearly looking back. But, you know, maybe you're here this morning and, and you've had that um, hunger, that uh, desire to know the truth. Or maybe you've, I, w- I was struck by your story, Doris, the pain that division causes. And you both suffered so much rejection. Rejection, I've learned, is a very powerful tool of the enemy to harm and to damage. <laughs> and that's why I'm so convinced that God is not a rejecter. Amen. He's a healer. Amen. And He's an acceptor. And I talked to so many people. Doris, when you said, I didn't even think that I was worthy, I didn't deserve to even come to church. That story can be told millions of times all over of people. You would be shocked. They would come and maybe look in the door or sit somewhere around or not participate because they say, I don't deserve. It's a lot of times it's not uh, maybe overt rebellion. Maybe it's rejection. I don't deserve to be a part of this I, after what I've done. But man, that's not true, is it? It's not true. And you look at these guys today and you can see that. So I want us to pray this morning and I, I, I want to pray with you. But would you. Would you guys come and, and join us? Would you stand with me? And, and maybe you guys, Pastor Manuel and Doris, maybe you guys would stand here. and Could I have the prayer team if you would come now? God is, God is working in this room every bit as much as he was working at 4.30 in the morning in Manuel's heart, as much as he was working through the ups and downs of Doris's life and the separation and rejection and the divorce, God's working in the room today. So I, I want to ask if you'd close your eyes with me. Maybe you're here, you know, and you're like Doris, and you just got hurt by the church. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the division or the fighting, or maybe somebody rejected you in church. Maybe somebody said something to you. Maybe somebody did something to you, and that division or that rejection hurt you. And, and man, I want to say this morning how sorry I am if that ever happened. But don't put your faith in the church. Put your faith in God. Because the church just isn't perfect and it never is going to be. And sometimes we don't represent God right. Sometimes we misrepresent Him even, even when we don't mean to. And so lift your eyes off of that that happened. And put your eyes on Jesus this morning. Put your eyes on God. He will never reject. Don't confuse people's rejection with God's rejection. He will never reject. And so maybe you're here this morning and you say, I, I want to know the truth. I'm in a search for the truth. And I want to know the truth. Would you just lift your hand if that's you? I just want to pray with you. Would you just lift your hand and say, I'm, I'm searching and I'm looking. 
And I want to know, I want to know the truth. I want to know. I'm looking. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see both your hands. You put it right back down. I see your hand. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I want to know the truth. I'm sir, I'm telling you, there are people here in the same process Manuel and Doris were in years ago. Because that process goes over and over. Somebody else, I want to know the truth. Yes, sir. Thank you. Put it right. I, yes, sir. Thank you. I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. I want to know. Is it right? Is it true? Is God real? Does Jesus really love me? Anybody else? I want to know the truth. Maybe you're here today and there's been a lot of relational brokenness and division. And you say, I want to know that God loves me. I want to know if He loves me or not. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. Maybe, maybe it's some of the same people. I don't know. Maybe it's different. I want to know if God loves me. I want to know. Yes, ma'am. I see it. Yes, ma'am. I see it. I know. Oh, I know. Lord, I've been there. I know how it feels to not know. I know. I know. Just lift your hand and say, I want to know. I want to know if God loves me. I want to know if He loves me. Here, here's what I want to do with everybody, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you say, I've had rejection in my life from a mom, from a dad, from a parent, from a church, from a spouse, from somebody who was supposed to love me, but they rejected me. Well, I'm telling you, this is a big one. And I need to heal today. I need to heal, and I know I need to heal, and I want to heal. You might be a believer. You might have been a believer for 40 years. Time doesn't heal. It just moves you away from the event. But you say, I want to heal today from the rejection that was sown into my life. Would you lift your hand and say, I want to heal today? I just want to heal. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking on the floor. Just lift your hand. I want to heal from the rejection today. And let's just, just take a minute this morning. Yes, ma'am, I see it. Yeah. In the balcony. The balcony. Just lift your hand. See your hand. Just lift your hand. I want to heal. I want to heal today. Here's what, here's what I want to do. As we pray this morning, the worship team's going to begin to sing in a minute. I want to invite you. I'm going to pray for you. Then I want to invite you. Pastor Manuel and Doris are here. I'm here. Our prayer team is here. It's time to take a step. It's time to know the truth. It's time to know if God is real or not. And it's time to know if He loves you or not. And it's time to put rejection away. And it's time to be overwhelmed with the love of God. It's time to be healed. And so I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask you, if you lifted your hand, I just want you, as we're singing, I just want you to come and let someone pray with you. They're just going to pray with you, that's all. Lord Jesus, I love you today, and I thank you for the love of God that has no end. And I thank you for the hunger that's in this room to know the truth. And Lord, I ask you right now that you would reveal yourself through whatever. As, as, as we've heard from Manuel and Doris today, it comes through so many different ways and it comes in so many seasons and it's and maybe today is a day where you are you are opening our heart and mind and so God today I pray that you would reveal yourself in the truth 
I pray you would reveal yourself as the truth, as love, not as the rejecter, but as you really are. So Lord, as we pray this morning, I pray that you would meet us here. As the worship team begins to sing right now, I want you to come and let us pray with you. That's all. That's all we're going to do is pray with you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's going to hurt you. Nobody's going to reject you. Nobody's going to call you out. But I want you to come right now. You lifted your hand. I want you to come and let us to pray with you. I want you to come now. The balcony will wait. Floor in the back. Jesus, today's a day of healing. Today's a day of truth. From beginning to the end, you will always be. It's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, be the center of it all. Jesus, be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, you will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. And Jesus, you're the center. And everything revolves around you. Jesus, you. At the center of it all, the center of it all. Before we go this morning, I want to pray one last time, and then we'll dismiss. If you just close your eyes for a minute. Maybe you're here this morning and you said, I lifted my hand, but I just couldn't come. I want to pray with you. I don't want you to go without prayer today. So I want to ask you this question, and I want to pray with you where you are. You say, I couldn't come, but I do want to accept Christ. I do want to give my life to Him. I do want Him to forgive me of all my sin. And I do want to follow Him. And I do want to give my life to Him today. I just want to make sure I understand where you are. And I want to pray with you where you are. With nobody looking around, if that's you, I'm going to pray with you right where you are. Would you lift your hand if that's true? If that's you. I see your hand. Yes, ma'am. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? That's true for you. All right, one more, one more thought. Maybe you're here and you say, I couldn't come and I'm not ready to give my life to Jesus. But I want to know the truth and I want to know that He loves me. I want to know if He loves me or not. Would you just lift your hand? I'm going to pray with you right where you are also. I see your hand. Yeah. 
Anybody else? I just want to pray with you. This is an important moment. Never know what God's doing in eternity right now. Okay, I'm going to pray. And if you lifted your hand or you didn't, but you want to you give your life to Jesus, I want to pray with you right now. And I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for loving me. And right now I reject everything that's been taught to me that you do not love me. I want to know the truth. I want to know if you're real. I want to know your love. Lord, right now I ask for your forgiveness. And I pray you'd wash away all the rejection and the sin in my life. And I pray that you'd make me new. Put me in a relationship with you now. I accept you. And I I reject the lie. And I accept the truth. Now help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Now here's what I'd like to ask you to do on your way out this morning. If you prayed that prayer today, or if you're a guest today, or if you have a prayer request, I'd just like to ask you, just let us know. We'd love to know. We want to encourage you, and we want to pray for you. And if you'll let us know what's happened in your life, our ushers are moving to the doors now. And on your way out, if you'll just drop that uh, in the bucket that they have. Thank you for coming today. God bless you. It's great to have you here. Our prayer team's here.